there's always a moment where they uh, have to realize that their love, no matter how heroic, no matter how stalwart, uh, is not enough. That they need a love that is bigger than them. What missionaries are going to face both here and hereafter is an approach to life. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a reverent vision, a vision of the essential, and uh, a patient vision, a listening vision. People of Christen City, people of every, everywhere around the world, this is David Christopher Pacheco. Hi, my name is Kimmy. My name is Arthur Ortiz. Been in Denver since 1973. Okay, so let's just talk in circles for a little bit. Let's talk in circles. Yeah. Just shoot the breeze a little yeah. bit. Now they see beyond what I look like. They see what my actions are and say, hey, that is a good person. A lot of people say home is home is where the heart is. But my heart's in many places. It's just I don't know where home is. Welcome back to Homeless But Human. I am Blake, back with you today with our co-host. Hey everyone, it's Shayla. And today we get to answer a very important question around Christ in the City. One that I think all of our missionaries first have, not only on their interview weekends, but even when they show up day one, I did have this question myself. What is a Christ in the City formator? And today we have two of our formators here with us, Erica and Phil. Hey, how's it going? Hi, Blake. Hi, Shayla. Hello. We're so happy to have you both uh, on here with us We're today. Happy to be here. <laughs> I'm very excited about this actually because when I first got to Christ in the City myself, coming on to staff, I was like, "What is a formator? <laughs> what kind of what is that word? I've never really heard that before." Sure. Erica and Phil have such a a unique and privileged role at Christ in the City as Erica is our director of formation. So she oversees the program and Phil is kind of her wingman there and helping deputy. deputy <laughs> oh, deputy Phil. Feels Depu like uh, Woody from Toy Story. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's Erica and deputy Phil and deputy Phil helps um, form the formators. So again, this is a lot of levels of forming formators. Uh, don't get lost because I'm already lost with that. But anyway, so just know that Phil works with Erica in really preparing our staff to help the missionaries. Yep. That's what we're here for. And Blake, tell them about the style, uh, kind of what we're doing, what we're doing We today. have something for you today. Uh -huh. We call the Christ in the City Hot Seat. Yep, hot there seat. it is. Okay. Where seat. we hot put... It's become a family tradition. It is a family <laughs> tradition that Christ in the City does when we have either new staff members come oh, on man. board or <laughs> on everyone's birthday. Uh -huh. We just put a little timer up there and usually it gets extended longer without the Always. person knowing it. <laughs> And it's just rapid fire questions from the audience. We're going to rapid fire. Some of the questions are specific to one of you, and some of them will ask both questions, or both of you the same question. Okay. okay. So Blake will ask Erica, and I'll ask Phil the questions. Yeah, and one of the best parts about these questions before we begin is they actually are coming from both our missionaries and just random people mm -hmm. uh, who submitted them to us. So oh, cool. On our social media. All right, Phil. What um, aspect or aspects of Christ in the city do you think is the most misunderstood? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's always hard to explain the outreach, right? Like it's, uh, uh, it's hard to explain to people what we uh, do on the streets because in many ways it's friendship. Um, I suppose actually <laughs> with on that note is really the formator position. Um, it's, it's very difficult to describe what we do uh, because of our outreach, because of what 
missionaries go through because of our rather ambitious uh, hope that we can offer an integral formation. Mm-hmm. And integral means, you know, holistic. It means yeah. the whole person. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, it's always uh, challenging to try and describe that to people and, and explain it. Uh, it's like, so you're a counselor. No, definitely <laughs> not. Uh, no, we, we are more aiming towards the spiritual end, but we take into account the whole person. Oh, so you're a spiritual director. Well, no, like we, like there's also this kind of like degree of friendship, um, mm-hmm. but it, and also like not the same confidentiality and stuff like that. Um, oh, so you're like a friend. Well, d- not just that. <laughs> this is really hard. So yeah, yeah. Right, I, right. I actually remember even when we were consulting in the early years of Christ in the City with different experts on uh, how to approach and describe our position, uh, uh, spiritual directors, uh, uh, counselors, and psychologists, and so on, describing all these elements. And they're like, yeah, that sounds like, yeah, no, it makes sense. That'd be really hard to describe. <laughs> then a moment of silence, like, well, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Have like, fun. Well, that well, that wasn't it. helpful. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's still a struggle to this day. Yeah, and it's not the same position, but, I mean, seminaries, right? The formation of priests have formators sometimes, and yep. some seminaries do, as well as religious communities. And even there, I've seen those priests try to describe it to even their brother priests or other, you know, well, the brother priests get it, but family, your friends, and it's just like, it's a very unique thing in our church, yeah. you know, and into each different like area, right? The seminarians, Christ and city missionaries, the formators look different because they are forming people in different places. Yeah. I think another element that plays into that, like there's lots in uh, the church regarding formation for priests, for example. Mm. Um, but there isn't that much relatively speaking to uh, the laity. Mm. And that's probably the overwhelming comment I get when I'm talking about Christ in the city, uh, especially uh, uh, to those who are in holy orders, to priests and uh, and to bishops. It's like, oh, this is so beautiful that you're offering something like this to the laity yeah. because it needs to look different. It can't mm-hmm. look like what we do. And I and that's that's those are the moments where I really uh, think that this person gets or I feel understood. It's like, yeah, exactly. Like right, right. we're not forming priests. It, it does need to look different. Um, and what's more, it's meant to be, but it is meant to be a missionary for life kind of thing. So it's something that hopefully they will take with them forever and take seriously the church's call to uh, do apostolate even as laity, in fact, maybe especially as laity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does need to look different from how uh, we the church has uh, written about formation in the most mm-hmm. official ways. Completely. I think that just like it, that's why we're having this podcast today, right? The uniqueness sure. of formation and the formator position is like we need it, but it's also something very unique and it's something that's very sp- specific in a sense, but yeah. almost hard to name as yeah. well. So yeah, yep, that no. makes sense. Love it. All right, Erica, someone clearly has an issue with you for these two questions coming up. It's a dual question. Oh dear. It wasn't so, you. No, it wasn't me. I never, we, Erica, come on. Wow. Come on, Passive sister. Aggra- come on, Passive sister. aggressive podcast. This, um, this, this anonymous person has a question. Yeah. Erica's the person I work the most closely with, so we, we get to hang out a lot. Um, Erica, what is the best name you could think of for a cat? Best name for a cat? Yes. Well, I don't know much about cats. Interesting but response. We used to have one, and I like the name of the cat, so I'm just going to choose that one. Okay. It was called Sherdu. And was, please translate. Um, English will be, I think, lion. Correct. Oh, I like it. Powerful. 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 A cat, a cat named It wasn't lion. my cat. It was one of my sisters. Yeah. <laughs> And I kind of like the cats. So. I, I do like to say if cats were big enough, they'd eat you just like a lion. Actually. So I like that. That's good. <laughs> and then this same person also asked, um, why do you force missionaries to take classes? 
high because they don't like to study. So they need to be encouraged, I would say. Yes, yes. Um, that is an interesting question. I mean, besides the funny aspect of yeah. how they phrased it, but some people think that because our mission is to serve the poor, then everything else that we do should just be preparation for that, which is, of course, part of the training. Yeah. But it is not true that we do all the other formation only in order to be able to go on the streets. As Phil was explaining before, we are forming integral people for whatever future God has in store for them. So it will be like saying, I go to pray just so that I can go on the streets and that will be using or making a method of your spiritual life or your relationship with God, transforming it to something like a tool so that I can mm -hmm. go on the streets. And it is way beyond that, as well as the intellectual formation. Some missionaries think, or some people outside think, oh yeah, they need to learn Catholic social teaching. Mm -hmm. But it is not just that we want them to know about the approach the church has towards the poor. Yes, that's true, and it's part of it, but it's not only that. Mm -hmm. When we include the intellectual formation in the program, It's not just so that I know this one aspect of the church's vision, but so that missionaries will learn how to think mm -hmm. for themselves, but also to base their thought process in reality and not just wishful thinking, as well as have a more objective approach of reality, not just centered in, in self, mm. which is a tendency of our culture nowadays. I would say the intellectual formation has become an essential part of it. There is so little that is taught in school nowadays about that. Some careers might, some professions might have more of that than others, but the ones that are more technical or more practical go without a lot of um, being taught how to think. And even more so how to have a, a view of, of reality based in the gospel. Mm -hmm. So the classes are very basic, but they are essential, I think, for forming the lay team. Yeah, and, and the classes even being things like salvation history, right? Exactly. Not, not, only, uh, exactly. not only a Catholic social teaching, but just like, okay, why is... Why am I worth saving? Why did Jesus save me? What was God's plan for the world? But also the homeless. Also my future vocation. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really a part of it. So that, Erica, was beautifully said of why we allow missionaries to take classes. They get to take classes. They get to Such take classes. Privilege. Not quite forced. Those lucky missionaries. So blessed. So blessed. Some of them argue, why don't we just do book clubs, which is so much fun, <laughs> which... Also, I think, tells us what they are looking for. They just want to invest time in the things that they are interested in and the things that they can relate, relate to themselves. But I do believe that participating in a class and having to think and learn things that are not about you is also part of their formation. Mm. Yeah. It's a discipline that goes beyond just content and what yeah. you are learning. I, th I actually really like what Erika says. It's something that draws you out of yourself. It's something where, um, yeah, maybe it's not just about doing something you don't like, but there is something like, but consider the content here. Like you're looking at God mm -hmm. um, and, and actually contemplating him in this. You're not, you're not just in ideas or anything. You're getting to know him. Like this is part of knowing him. I think that could be 
um, a difficult thing to help someone appreciate until my, uh, until they sense they need it. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, we have one for Erica. Erica, what is your favorite Christ in the City tradition? There are very many, I have to say. I love the one that you described before when we celebrate birthdays. Yes. <laughs> but even more than that, missionaries don't like to not celebrate someone during the year of service. And the year of service doesn't go for a 12-month cycle. It's just 10 or 11 the most. So there are a few missionaries who would go and celebrate it if it wasn't for the missionaries who decided to celebrate half birthdays. <laughs> that <laughs> so is a cool now, <laughs> every missionary gets to celebrate their birthday yeah. or half birthday at Christ in the City. I love that they thought of that. Yeah, that's I like that too. That's, that's pretty good creative. idea. <laughs> it really is. And it makes, yeah, the... And the half birthday always surprises those people, right? It's sort of like, what? Nobody counts. Nobody when counts it's my half yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Phil, knowing what you do now, uh, what advice would you have given yourself five years ago? That is a really interesting question. It's one I think about more and more, too. Um, I think it's just normal whenever you come into any position, but I think it's normal for this one, too. You, you feel like you got to have it all together. Um, and you know, you can't just come in and, uh, I guess, uh, not have something together, you know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you do have a responsibility for the people you're serving, but I think more and more what I find myself telling missionaries and what I want to even exemplify to them is that life is something you have to just kind of take bit by bit, step by step. And that most of the time you're not prepared for it mm-hmm. actually. So I think I would want to sit down with myself and have that conversation and say like, Hey, you know, this is normal that you feel this way, but um, what missionaries are going to face both here and hereafter is an approach to life. Mm. Uh, And that's one where you have to, I guess, uh, be willing to make mistakes, be willing to mess up. I think at the bottom of it all, uh, it's a reverent vision, a vision of the essential and uh, a patient vision, a listening vision. Well, if that makes sense, a listening vision. Mm -hmm. Uh, In any case, a willingness to listen uh, that or prioritizing listening even more than I did then. Um, I think that's, uh, something I, I don't know how to like say that in a very punctual way, but it's like kind sure. of saying that attitude, that's, that's the basis of everything. And so I, I would want to talk to myself about that. Hey, I think we all can take that advice. That's a good, yeah, good no piece. Kidding. <laughs> There's a lot of practical implications to reverence, uh, and, uh, the priority of listening and seeing and waiting and observing, uh, more and more. I find myself giving priority to that, which is what the four meters do best. You know, I'd like so to think good. so. <laughs> All right, Erica, changing topics a bit here. What is the funniest thing a missionary has ever told you? <laughs> oh, there are so many. Well, <laughs> just get, just give the, some of the first ones that pop to your mind. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> I think once I was probably living a little early in the office, and a missionary asked me, "Where are you going?" And they said, "I'm going to the doctor." <laughs> and they go oh you also have to go to the doctor no way that's <laughs> and I'm just I like, I couldn't answer I'm like what were you thinking <laughs> I am also human <laughs> oh my gosh I also get sick no way <laughs> oh, but it's just that something that doesn't occur to you you know sure. like, I mean to them to them like for them I am their formator and I am I don't know everything we've heard <laughs> already yeah what like 
But they don't think you also have a life that is beyond these walls and beyond this reality. <laughs> and that oh you also have to do other things that are not inside this house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's that was a good pretty one. funny. I, at that moment, I couldn't laugh. I was just like <laughs> stunned. Speechless. Yeah, you were stunned. <laughs> you surprised me with that one. Yeah, I, 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 I am also surprised. You also had to go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Okay, Phil. Can you name like a memory or a snapshot um, of an ordinary moment at Christ in the City that brought you a lot of joy? Hmm, an ordinary moment. Yeah. Let me think. It, there's definitely ones that happen when mm-hmm. we're eating together, when uh, we're sitting together, definitely in Marion group, these small groups that we have, um, and usually in these unexpected ways where, uh, I don't know, like kind of, let's say like divinity shines through humanity. I think there's two, and I do think it's worth men- mentioning them in tandem. Um, there's usually a moment, maybe not usually, but uh, it happens with missionaries that uh, their vision of prayer is transformed. This might sound like extraordinary by, by virtue of it being about prayer. It's very common that missionaries will come and like, I'm feeling really weird about prayer right now because all I want to do is just kind of be with them. And I, like I, before I was like doing all these things and they, you know, list the, the litany of things that they were doing, no pun intended. And uh, now they're just kind of having the sense of like, I just kind of experienced myself as being in God's gaze, like mm-hmm. just that he knows me and um, that I see him better being in that. And I just kind of feel like there's nothing to do but to be in that. And that's that's a beautiful moment that yeah. uh, it's kind of a funny transition. Of like, is this, is this normal? Is this mm-hmm. how it's supposed to look? And actually like there's some literature, how that's extremely normal uh, in uh, uh, among the mystics, for example, and so on. So, I think that's a beautiful moment. But I also think of how, uh, I, I think of when missionaries in the community life, something similar happens, a similar contemplation actually, where maybe uh, a missionary is having uh, a hard time integrating into the community or integrating someone else into the community, appreciating a certain member of the community, et cetera, et cetera. But um, you once in a while find it where this missionary is like, you know, I was able to be with this person and I just felt like, they were perfect, hmm. not, uh, but, but not like I didn't see any flaws. On, on the contrary, it's like I think I saw all of their flaws. I think like, or mm. I could really see their flaws. I'm not naive to these things, but they just seemed perfect as they are. Like uh, not, uh, not like there isn't anything to change, but who they are, who God has made them to be, that is perfectly beautiful. Yeah. And, and I'm like seeing it and appreciating it for the first time. And I don't want them to be anyone else but themselves. Mm. I think that. Again, those kinds of shifts where you're seeing something deep, deeper. That's um, those are really precious, and they're typically very subtle, and you just can't force it. It just yeah. kind of starts to happen uh, to someone. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks, Phil. You're welcome, Erica. You've been known to say your personality does not translate to English. That is so true. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Well, it's such a different culture where I come from. I grew up in Lima, Peru, and we're known for not being politically correct. Yeah, <laughs> that is accurate. So I live there. I can vouch me, for that. Yeah, it took me a, um, a while to actually learn this new culture. And I just realized when I speak in Spanish, I sound like a complete different person. Mm. My favorite is when you come to me or one of the other staff members and are like, can you make this email sound 
uh, American. Can you make this? Can you make this email sound nice? I'm I'm better at you it. You are. Now. You have. I am. Im- I'm writing my own emails. I you just- have improved so much. Yes, that is very true. It Perhaps is so becoming good. an American. Oh, you really are. The practice makes perfect. I really I yes, see, it does. I see her put her heart on uh, her hand on her heart for the American flag. And <laughs> oh, every time she yes. every time she passes by, Always. it's noble. Stream down her yeah. cheek. I have a, a question for for Phil. What is one way you feel like you've been changed by being a formator at Christ in the City? I think. Uh, well, this this is actually a this might turn into pretty big um, answer. It started with the streets, but I found a lot of poverty on the streets, but I also found just how much poverty is in every human heart. Um, it's, it's something that missionaries get to know very well too. Um, they, they experience their own poverty. There's always a moment where they uh, have to realize that their love, no matter how heroic, no matter how stalwart, uh, is not enough. That they need a love that is bigger than them. There's just an experience of drawing closer to what the crucifixion means, uh, what uh, what uh, God did for us, uh, his willingness to be compassionate for us to the point of taking on our, our sufferings, not just in this abstract way, but taking on flesh and becoming like us. I feel transformed by, uh, by what uh, God has done uh, through Christ in the city, what I've been able to see, what God has uh, given to me. I, I really view Christ in the city as being the channel for so many graces for me, uh, and most especially in this aspect of appreciating just how much God loves us. Um, and I just feel so much ardor to um, try and imitate that love and as much as he gives me the, the power to. Erica, how about you? Yeah, it's the same question to you, Erica. If I have to choose or talk about something that has changed me, it will definitely have to be how we see poverty at Christ in the City. I did have a very big sense of what it means to suffer and sacrifice for Christ and give you your life for others. But something that was different was that I was also invited to embrace this poverty in myself. Mm. That is something that I I don't think I did in such depth uh, before. I have always been leading projects or having... um, to even start like new projects, but I was never in a place where I had such a team, actually. I think that's what makes a big yeah. difference as well, where I could rely on others in such a way that I could also be vulnerable with my own poverty. I think for formators, this is a very interesting, I don't know what word to put, uh, to what this reality is. The last people that we hired to fill these roles in formation where we have had several conversations that were a little bit confused as in like what their job is because usually mm-hmm. don't you don't bring your limitations and your poverty to your coworkers or the workplace. Like you are asked to be the best version of yourself here or just to give mm-hmm. what's best in you and not necessarily be open or vulnerable with the things that you're struggling with or if you are going through a crisis or whatever that is. And in this job, we can't do that. Like we have to be open even with that, with the hard times and and what is happening at home is important and your yeah. personal life is important. Everything is relevant. You cannot yeah. just uh, pretend or perform, I guess, yeah. not pretend because pretending is never good. But in any job, I guess, you are asked to perform. And at Christ in the City, we cannot just perform. We, we need to be... 
We need to be real, <laughs> even in the hard times. So having a team that backs you up, that is there for you, that can fill in even for you when, mm-hmm. when you're not up for something, whatever that is. Nobody asks of us to be perfect and 100% um, in all the time, but it's always according to our possibilities and whatever God is allowing in our lives is part of it. So that has been a complete new experience, I think, and I am happy also to help new formators walk into this because I think it's the the best, if you ask me. (laughs) It's best to know that you can walk into your job like come every morning at work and know that you can be open and sincere and Mm. you can count on your team it's it's tough to think of another way after experiencing that yeah absolutely totally most of the formation happens not because of what we say or not even what we do but it is mainly who we are Mm. and the missionaries see that so First and foremost is the responsibility we have with our own growth, our own relationship with God, our own holiness, like to be committed to this Christian life. I think I keep thinking the word authentic. Like, yeah, yeah. we just want, yeah, the for, the formation team and even like staff. I've I've just been so encouraged to be authentic, my, my most true self. And that and that includes yeah. it all. Yeah. And the best part is, isn't that what? we desire for the missionaries absolutely right every missionary every volunteer comes through yeah we need to maybe even do it first uh, dare to do it first dare, dare to, to do it first i like first. that i like that it reminds me of a quote it's like no one loves you or anything you can offer they love jesus living through you was it you who said that phil uh maybe yeah i think <laughs> you said that in the talk you were literally like do you know no one likes you they like jesus living in you and i was like nice that is really that actually, I, I have that written all over. Right, babe, no babe. one likes you. They like Jesus in you. So show them Jesus because you're. That's, I, <laughs> that's that's one of those things where I could get in big trouble for that. But I think the theology <laughs> sound, if you go to it, like at yeah, the end of the day, yeah. we're all participating yeah, if you in it. go into like, we are nothing. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah you're yeah. useless. Like, this is yeah. the time for all it's of those. very true. Well, since we probably won't include that, we'll just say Chris said that. Okay. Let's do that. We'll blame Chris. Yeah, sure. He's my favorite scapegoat. All right. <laughs> okay, Phil, I have another question for you. Go for it. Um, what's the most gratifying thing you could hear as a formator? I, I don't know if I have a precise phrase. Sure. I think it, w- it would simply be around something of hearing that this person is growing in that, that likeness to Christ's own heart. Mm. Uh, when they express that in prayer or on the streets, uh, something that... Um, that shines, that speaks to how, uh, how much they're conforming to him. At that point, it's like, what, what else are we here for besides that? Like, and what, what else matters besides this person becoming immersed in, in mm-hmm. him? That is the best missionary, a person who is conformed to him and is able to represent him, represent him into this mm-hmm. world. Um, I, I think when uh, someone says something, when someone begins to speak of their uh, their spiritual life and their time on the streets, their time in community in a way where you see Christ's heart shining through. Um, that's when, uh, I mean, that's, that's what you live for. That's what, uh, that's what I think we try to offer ourselves to, um, to support uh, for the person to, again, dare to, to do that, dare to be themselves, but dare to find that Christ is, is there in their hearts and, mm-hmm. and already transforming them. Um, that, that, I would say, is the most gratifying. Yeah. Erica, can I pose that question to you in a, in a kind of a different way? Sure. What, um, 
is the most gratifying part about being a formator? Oh, Shayla, I think <laughs> it is such a privilege to be a formator because we're given the opportunity to walk with people in ways that probably nobody else yeah. is. Yeah. Um, to be able to go into their interior life, to see their relationship with God, that probably is the most rewarding part for me because it not only not only speaks to me about the person but about who God is. Mm -hmm. I, of yeah. course, in my own relationship with him, I can see something about who he is, but to be able to see him in the way he relates to other people or, or what he's doing in other people's lives, in this case, the missionaries, and for me also the formators, actually, it's such... It's so beautiful. Like you yeah. are the first one to hear about their struggles or their joys or um, their sufferings or whatever yeah. it is really like. It is so, so beautiful to be invited yeah. into such places. Mm -hmm. And and of course, um, I've learned also with time how to be very reverent with that. Like I know no, not many people are allowed in this place. And so to walk in without your shoes on and just allowing the Lord to go with you, I think it's one of the most beautiful things. And yes, very rewarding, life-giving, very nourishing. I think that is an outstanding answer. Yeah. Like I, uh, in my experience, yeah, the most beautiful part is like a front row seat into the action of the Holy Spirit. And, and one that you're not entitled to as a formator. It's... It's uh, it's a privilege. Um, it's and it's something that, as Erika said, it's it's something you you take your shoes off for, you know, to yeah. use the biblical image. It's something to be treated with the utmost reverence, um, and it's a, a amazing honor to be able to uh, to participate in that. Yeah. Follow up question. It's it sounds like you're very involved and like invited into into the missionaries' lives in a in a way that is super unique. Um, and I just, I love the image behind it, that, that it is a, a very privileged place. Um, you even said at the beginning, it's not, you're not a spiritual director, but you're, you're then invited into probably a lot of like spiritual battle. How, how would you dis distinguish those? Let's see. The first thing that comes to mind is we're not involved only in that relationship with Christ, which is, of course, at the core of everything else. So we are mm -hmm. involved in it, though we are also the support that walks alongside with them every step of the way. Mm -hmm. Walking with someone so closely looks very, very different than a spiritual director. Maybe you usually would meet with a spiritual director every two weeks or every month, but we're here every day. So mm -hmm. after those deep conversations, there is also like seeing you the next day and mm -hmm. encouraging you or just like not even necessarily having a, a meeting where we have to talk about it every time, but just a look or a hug or a more personal relationship that is constant in their lives that mm -hmm. touches not only the spiritual realm, but really like everything else. We, we get to know families when they come visit and we're part of that relationship as well. We get to know friends. Um, I, I would say we're involved in a lot more than the spiritual director does. Okay. Yeah, I wonder if the key word is accompaniment 
yeah. um, as what we do. Mm. I think the way this accompaniment plays out for us is that we, we walk, walk alongside the missionaries mm. that, um, that whether it's the mission or the, com- the community life, it requires a lot of support or at least support goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we try to be the first to go that way in the ways that we were describing into ourselves and uh, those of us who have passed through the program before or are living a community life currently, stuff like that. Like we have the experiences of having gone through this first and we can offer these experiences and the wisdom and the wisdom of the church to, uh, to support the missionary and that to accompany them in the process. Mm-hmm. Each street team that goes out and walks with the homeless has a formator assigned to the street team. Right. And we know um, just from all of our conversations with professionals, the social workers, psychologists, that is something that is just so essential. Um, but why? Why is that so essential um, for our missionaries to have a formator accompanying their street team? Uh, I think it boils down to just how difficult the streets can be. You find all sorts of difficult things on the streets, people going through the most inhumane things. And I mean, if if you're a human being, that makes an impact on you. That's It can't be neutral in your heart. There, it's no secret that in the world of social work that uh, people can burn out a lot. Burnout is uh, very, very high. There's even a term that's assigned to uh, what tends to take place called compassion fatigue of uh, being uh, fatigued uh, from, from offering so much compassion, basically. Mm-hmm. Something that the formators do is they're able to accompany missionaries as they face these really dramatic events um, and, uh, you know, missionaries are at risk of burnout too. And with, uh, formators accompany them and especially with a spiritual horizon, I think it, uh, uh, helps them go to the font, uh, the, the, the well where, uh, for this living water and to draw from that and to, um, integrate these experiences in light of mm-hmm. God's plan and to draw life from it instead of it being a, a cause for burnout. I don't know what you think, Edika, if you would add anything to that. I was thinking the missionaries go through an intensive training at the beginning of the year when they first arrive. But there is really no training that can cover everything that can happen in life, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is what we face on the streets. So it is true what you were saying, Phil, about not risking burnout for the missionaries. And since they go on the streets almost every day of the week, they do need that space to debrief and just share experiences that they have had but also they need to learn as as it goes like as as life goes there are experiences that are new we prepare them for things in general but then the interactions they have the challenges they face need to be talked through and and see is there something that we can learn from this experience can we do better how can we do better the next time or even just discerning what will be the best route to to follow with a specific friend, do we want to um, refer them to this resource? Do we need to do any research to help this person better or not? So mm-hmm. it teaches the missionary an, an attitude, I think, towards life and how to turn every circumstance into a formation moment mm-hmm. that you can always learn from. And I think uh, there's something parallel to what we do in that. We're trying to offer this integral um, support to their missionary lives. It made me think back to when our missionaries go on accompaniments with yep. the homeless and with their friends on the streets um, and how it is just like a walking alongside. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we are the support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, Shayla, let's bring this sizzling hot seat home, shall we? <laughs> Oof, man, yeah. Sizzling, I'm sweating now. Sizzling. <laughs> um, okay, I have a closer question. I'm excited about this one. Phil and Erica, you can go in whatever order you wish. Erica. Okay. <laughs> if you could sum up what it means to be a formator in one word or a few words, what would it be? I'll have to go with loving, but I will need to explain <laughs> that I mean Please. it in the whole sense of the world, what it means to mm. love like Christ does, to to try to love with an unconditional love. It's probably probably the hardest thing, not just in this job, but <laughs> in life. In any <laughs> yeah. yeah, any realm of life, really, family, friends, whatever. In walking with the missionaries, we want for them to know who God is. And the best way we can do that is to allow the Lord to love in us and to love them in us. So that for those who have not had experience the love of Christ before, this could be a little step towards it. That they may know how good they are, that they may know how much God loves them, how much they're worth it. And this, of course looks very different in the practicals of every day, but I would say that will be my one word. Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I have to confirm the same thing. Uh, oh, maybe. you can get a little more creative <laughs> than that. Bill's going loving want, as well. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess, but I don't know. You said a few words, so if you want, we could throw in accompaniment again. And, uh, and I suppose Etika was already saying it, unconditional. I think those are the qualifiers for yeah. that because, I, I mean... I tend to think of like unconditional love as well, literally without conditions, right? There's mm -hmm. nothing where it's like, I love you because, or I love you. If, um, I, I find myself saying a lot that what we want to do is love just because, just because yeah. of who the person is. And in that sense, it's not conditioned by anything really. Um, and I, and in that sense, I think it's an invitation from our Lord to love that way. That is the way he loved us. Um, and I, I don't think the position makes any sense unless uh, a person is willing to love like that, at least willing to try, willing to give mm -hmm. their uh, their best to him and to the missionaries. As you two were talking, you would not have known if we were talking about our missionaries or the way we love the homeless. Well, yeah. And I think that is so profound of like, mm -hmm. we the reason we love the homeless the way we do is set by the example of the formators and the staff for the missionaries. Mm -hmm. But it starts even more, like you said, from the love of God for us. Yeah. And then it's just passed down through there. And I think that is so, and, and also, Hey, great to have you both on the same page with those answers. It's really <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. It means we know what, a, it means, you know what We're a formator right. is, is you're training these formators. But I think that's so moving to hear you both say that and almost the same exact language that our homeless outreach director, Sam said about how we love the homeless, about how the missionaries talk about it. And it's like, that's how they're being loved. Honestly, this has been a pretty emotional time recording this podcast because, um, and maybe even that gets at why this is such a hard thing to describe. Uh, like what, what does it mean to be a formator? I don't, I don't know a way of answering that. Sure. We could describe what it looks like, but I don't think that, responds to well the dimension that we hold so dear to christ in the city you can't give what you don't have um that it doesn't respond to the heart um, yeah and I, and I don't know how to speak of that heart when it comes to the formator position besides uh besides love um and i um 
I don't know. I get it's in that sense. It has been even an emotional time talking about this because of, uh, of all that's implicated in, yeah. in this aspect. Well, thank you, Phil and Erica. Thank you so much for having us. We are super happy and edified to have you on the podcast today to talk about um, what it means to be a formator. But I want one of you, maybe Phil, you want to um, tell our listeners about what we have coming up with our Forming Formators program. Well, sure. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we are uh, currently in the process of hiring uh, new formators. We hope to bring formators into what it means to form Christ in the City missionaries, what it means to accompany them, uh, bringing them through uh, all the resources that we have at, uh, at our disposal and to train and practice uh, uh, those resources. So um, that's uh, on the horizon. I don't know when the position is going up. If it is up, this is one of those things where I it look. Is up. Oh, it is right. up. It's live. All right. So you're, you heard it now. You could go to Christ in the City and check that out. Mm-hmm. org to apply. And we have discounts on there right now. No, it's just the application. You can apply for free. You can, it's just the application. Shayla was just selling something, so we had to try to figure out what that is. Sorry, sorry, um, sorry. But no, this, you know, and I think one of my favorite parts about the formator job application is how it's all about relationship, like you guys just said. I mean, it is getting to know you and helping helping the applicants discern if this is what the Lord's calling them to just like our missionaries. And I love that. I love that about the the application process here. So if you're interested, if you even want to just talk about it, um, please apply, reach out. Um, that's what we're here to do to help even those who apply, mm-hmm. see what the Lord is doing in their lives. Yeah. Ultimately it's about, uh, it, it's about discerning God's call. And, uh, if we could be a part of that process in whatever way, we're happy to assist in it. Awesome. Amen. Thank you, everyone, and thank you to our listeners who tuned in today. We will see you in a couple weeks. God, God bless. bless you all. See ya. God see ya. bless. Mother Teresa, one of our patrons, would say, If I look at the masses, I will not act. If I look at the one, I will. Because of these one-on-one encounters, because of people like you stepping out of your comfort zone, this mission is spreading. This mission is making its way into parishes, schools, seminaries, and communities nationwide. We have families making care kits for the homeless, college students coming on week-long mission trips and then going back on fire to serve the poor in their cities, seminarians and small groups across the country doing Christ in the City-style street ministry. This mission is becoming a national and worldwide endeavor, and we're so happy you're here. For even more in-depth Christ in the City training, videos, and interviews with the homeless, we invite you to join our known and loved monthly giving community. This is one of the most impactful ways you can join us in this mission. Visit ChristInTheCity.org and make a monthly gift today to join our known and loved community and receive a special Christ in the City gift. Imagine with me for a moment if every homeless person had one friend who cared about them. What a difference that would make in the world. And what if that one friend is you? You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, podcast platforms. And do us a favor and go hit subscribe and leave us a review. God bless you.